Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti. Welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. NFL rosters have been trimmed down to 53. There were a ton of trades this week, maybe more so than trade deadline day. Roster cutdown day was filled with a slew of trades, some kickers moving, a lot of different parts. Week one is almost here. We've got two special guests this week. It's in New York themed show two-time Super Bowl MVP from the New York Giants Eli Manning and New York Jets all-pro cornerback Sauce Gardner will kick it off with Eli who led the Giants to two Super Bowl wins over Tom Brady and the New England Patriots hey Eli how are you man great to have you on again yeah likewise thanks for having me I appreciate your time, man. Listen, I, I know training camp looks a lot different for you nowadays, but how do you, you got a big role in the NFL season, Monday nights, Manning cast. How do you get ready for football nowadays? Yeah, it's just, uh, for me, it's just kind of keeping up with, uh, with the new players. Uh, hey, where's everybody playing? Who's going to be the starting running back? Who are some of the new coaches? There's so much turnover every year in the NFL now with free agency and coaches moving around. So just, uh, getting up to, up to speed on, on where everybody's going, um, you know, uh, you know, get to watch a little bit of the preseason games of, you know, we have, we have the Jets, they have a new quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. So you got to watch some, some preseason of, of them to see what they're doing and, and, uh, you know, what the offense will look like. So I think, uh, um, you know, definitely got to, you know, get ready and, and just, uh, you know, just get your personnel kind of set for the season. You didn't start right away, Eli, as a rookie. You you waited a little bit, learned uh, from the sideline. More teams now, we're seeing the rookie quarterbacks, they're going to get their opportunity right away, week one. How do you feel about that? And what did it do for you to sit back a little bit and not get, get in there right away? Yeah, I think I think it's different for every for every, you know, every player, every quarterback. And I think it's a little bit um I think it's maybe a little bit easier for quarterbacks to do that now. I think the game, the, the NFL game is is in the offenses and the schemes are pretty similar to what guys are running in college. I think 20 years ago it was like you got a hey NFL and college were two different two different ball games on the defenses, on the schemes, or the offensive plays and and you know the calls you had to make. So it's just a little bit of a learning curve, but now um, you know, the NFL, NFL guys are running, you know, very similar plays in the read option and the, and the RPOs, those things are happening in college, similar schemes. So I think the game has, has really matured at the high school, at the college level where they're a little bit more prepared to play in the NFL. So if these guys, you know, know the schemes, they know their, I think knowing your protections is like the quarterback can learn their protections, know their hots, know their rules. Um, so he's not going to take these big kind of hits where he thinks he's protected. All of a sudden, a guy's coming free and hitting him in the back. If you avoid some of those big hits and, and they think they know those types of things and maybe have a, a veteran group around them that they can get in there and, and play early. How much have you seen of those three young guys, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and and what do you anticipate uh, long-term for them? Obviously, it's way too early to judge them based on uh, early preseason action. Right. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough, you know, after, you know, one preseason game to see, you know, I haven't watched a ton of, uh, of those games, saw some highlights and lowlights uh, from, from a couple of them. But yeah, I, I think I, I, I kind of almost laugh at the analysis after the first preseason game that, you know, what's going on. It, it's, you know, you can't, you can't take two or three series and, and all of a sudden dive 
deep into whether a guy played well or didn't play well. So it's it's a long it's a long journey. Um, all, all these quarterbacks are going to have to make every mistake before and just learn from those mistakes. Hopefully they're not repeating the same mistake over again. You can learn it. You can learn as much as you can in practice. But I do feel that the best way to truly learn and to make improvements is to get live game reps and to get in there, go through the course of the game, see the defenses, get more comfortable, uh, start understanding the true speed of the NFL game, how quick the pass rush is, how quickly you have to get through your progressions and understanding when you have a bad play and just take the check down and you didn't get the look you were looking for. So uh, all those things. But, you know, I think all, all three quarterbacks are talented, had great success in college, and I think have bright futures ahead of them. Let's talk, Eli, about your old team, the New York Giants. They gave Daniel Jones a big-time contract. I think a lot of analysts, when we look at him, we we put him in that middle-tier average so what does he have to do to go into that next level, take his game into that upper echelon? Well, I think I think Daniel, um, I think he played really well last year. I think he'll you know be even more comfortable now the second year in an offense. He hadn't, he hadn't been in a similar offense uh, very much, always changing, uh, different personnel, different guys. You look at some of the you know receivers he had last year and playmakers around him. Uh, you know, not not a ton. They added, you know, added guys this year at receiver, at tight end, signing Saquon back, you know, some, you know, offensive line adjustments. So I think, you know, you got to have some weapons. And, um, you know, I think he still does a great job extending plays, running with the football, uh, you know, having a lot of rushing touchdowns, all those things add up. And and he'll continue to do those things. But you, you get more playmakers around him. It should add to more touchdowns in, in the passing game and and, and more high-scoring games. So I think uh, he, he's he's made improvements every year. There was any weaknesses, he works hard at them to make those and, and try to turn them into a strength. And so I think he has the same mindset and, and is uh, primed for a big year. You were in Philly. I know you probably got a warm welcome for that playoff game. Now, we, we saw there's a big dis- there was a big disparity between the Eagles and the Giants last year, even though the Giants made the playoffs. What do they have to do to, to narrow that gap, to be a team that can contend for the division and, and go deep into January? Yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of a good thing. I think it, it's kept the Giants hungry this year and not being, you know, satisfied with, hey, we made the playoffs or we won a playoff game. Like, you know, we're automatically going to make that jump and this year is going to be better. Nothing's automatic year to year in the NFL. You got to go out there and prove it. And I think, I think the fact that they, they play the Eagles in the playoffs you know, got got beat pretty uh, soundly. That says, "Hey, we're not good enough. We have to get better. We have to make improvements. We have to raise our level." And I think they they've done that through their work. They've done that through free agency and adding new players to to help them in that. So, you know, when you see someone in the division make it to the Super Bowl, it I think it motivates you. To say, "Hey, we gotta we gotta do more. We gotta work harder. We gotta we gotta you know raise our level of play if we expect it to to you know get to that next level." Apparently, your brother Peyton is going to be a college professor now. Uh, I think (laughs) he does wear a lot of tweed jackets, so I guess I get it. It Makes sense. (laughs) The big question on everybody's mind, though, Eli, is is everyone's favorite college student, Chad Powers, potentially going to going to make an appearance in that classroom? 
yeah, I think Chad's always looking for for an easy A, um, you know, for on the on the college resume and for you know help with the GPA, so he's eligible for the season and can play in the bowl games. So um, I think it'd be a good class for for Chad to uh, to maybe sneak in there. Uh, hopefully, he can do it, you know, uh, online, and um, it would be. Uh, I think there's definitely some interest there. Eli, I was in Canton recently for the Hall of Fame ceremonies, and I'm looking ahead. I'm looking at who's going to be eligible, and uh, your name's going to come up in a couple of years. And two-time Super Bowl MVP, hard, hard to not put that guy in in Canton and give him the gold jacket. Have you thought about that? I, I, I haven't. I think my my focus is, you know, we got Coach Coughlin is in the mix this year uh, for the Hall of Fame, so I've talked to a lot of a lot of people on, on his behalf for that, and so. Um, I'm I'm excited for him. I think he's very very deserving of it. You know, as a head coach, two two Super Bowls, uh, as assistant, you know, four with the Giants, starting up the whole Jacksonville um, franchise and getting that off to the ground and going to the AFC Championships right away and building up that uh, that organization. So I, I think you know my concerns have been on Coach Coughlin and and uh, you know ho- hoping and and that he can be in there and get to celebrate with him. Eli, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but if you Google your name, which is never a good idea, you never want to Google. You never never want to Google. But <laughs> as of this recording, the first thing that I see is Eli Manning reveals shredded dad bod. Like, <laughs> I'm a fitness guy. I can appreciate hard work in the gym. What are you doing to get that shredded dad bod? Yeah, I just got to keep uh, it's funny when when I, when I retired from football, I had uh, kind of the same you know strength coach uh, who uh, I used to work out with, uh, in the, you know, previous three or four years. And he was one of the first people I, I called just because I said, hey, just want you to know, I'm going to retire. Um, I'm not going to announce it for a few weeks, but hey, I'm still going to come in Monday, want to get a workout in. just want you to I assume we'll adjust the workouts a little bit. So I show up that Monday. And I just assume I was gonna, like get on the bike or do some burpees or or something. It's like no, no, no. We got heavy deadlift. We're power cleaning. We're going bar bench. You know, you know I hadn't done a bar bench in in fifteen years. I'm like, wait, this uh, this is not how I saw. It. He's like, now I don't I don't have to worry about hurting you anymore. I don't care if you have tight shoulders or tight hips. Like we can just start really throwing around some weight. And I'm like. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. I guess I'm, I guess I'm all in. So I guess I've, I, you know, been lifting weights for so long, still stay at it a little bit. I used to have to like kind of keep some weight on just to take the hits from defense alignment. I don't have to worry about, you know, you know, being a certain, you know, 225, uh, you know, can, you know, don't worry about, you know, can kind of tr- drop some of the weight. So still staying active, running around some kids, like to get my workout in and, and um, stay fit. Well, from from uh, your six pack to let's talk about a different kind of six pack, right? You've teamed up with Corona Beer to coach football fans on how to savor every minute of the game. I couldn't be in New York today to see those drills. Uh, tell me about the campaign and what you're doing. Yeah, so um, you know, excited to to be the new new coach uh, for the Corona, um, you know, a fine life team, and so it's about living the fine life in Corona. We have some new plays. Uh, in the playbook, my favorite play is the uh, fumble brewski. It's when you, uh, you know, there's there's one Corona left. You kind of distract your friends, make them look over there, and then you grab the last Corona. So that's that's one of the favorites. Um, the uh, the glue to the game is a good one. Where hey, there's a you know big play happening on TV. 
your eyes are focused right on the game that you can kind of do the reach, the no look reach, fumble, find your Corona, bring it back. And you can still watch, you know, the two minute drive as it's going live without missing anything. So those are a couple of the playbooks. We'll be releasing a few more throughout the course of the season. And uh, but it was a fun day being here, uh, coaching up and, and, and giving a little sneak pre uh, sneak peek into the uh, the fine life playbook. Well, I can't wait to check out all those X's and O's, Eli. Really appreciate your time, man, and, and wish you a ton of success. All right. Thank you so much. Sauce Gardner had an impressive rookie season, first rookie corner to be an all-pro in 41 years. He was also the AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. Sauce, great to have you on the AP Pro Football Podcast. Man, last time we did this, I was telling you that you were named first team All-Pro. So you were first team All-Pro. You were AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. How do you follow that up in year two? Just got to work harder. You know, everything that I did already, I just got to put more work into it. You know what I mean? Uh, Because it's going to be somebody working as hard as I worked last year. So I I just got to take it to the next level. How much does it help you to go in practice against a guy like Garrett Wilson? Obviously, he was the offensive rookie of the year. How much does it help both of you guys to be better to go head to head? Oh, man, it helps a lot. You know, it makes it a lot easier on Sundays. You know, uh, this past week, you know, against the Giants, definitely made it easier. You know, I'm sure it made it easy for, easier for him as well. You know, he got an end zone. Him and Aaron had a great connection. So, yeah, we just got to keep keep working, keep getting each other better. Sauce, how has Aaron Rodgers changed that vibe in New York these past few months? Man, he just bring that swag. I mean, it's Aaron. When he walk into the room, you know, he's going to shake the room every time. You know, he's one of those guys. He's a natural leader. Great guy to be around, you know. So, yeah, he tra- he changed the organization in a lot of ways, for sure. We know what he can do on the field. Has there been anything about his personality, about him as a teammate, that's kind of stood out to you since you've met him? Man, he he's a funny guy. I didn't know I didn't know he was gonna have as many jokes as he as he had. You know, he he's a great guy to be around. And, uh, man, he got a lot of jokes, man. I ain't gonna say what jokes, but he got a lot of jokes in, in his in his repertoire for sure. Is he wearing that number eight diamond around that you bought him that you got for him? Is he wearing that around still? Yeah, I've seen it wear it a couple of times. Seen it wear it a couple of times. That's that's good enough for me. Back to your personal efforts and what you did as a player last year. When when you talk about getting better each and every day and each and every year, right? And and you look at this team and the high expectations that they have, how much does it mean to you to know that opposing teams come in and, and they don't even want to look your way a lot of times? And it means a lot, you know. Uh Great level of respect that they have for me. You know what I mean? But it's the thing I can't get complacent. You know, every snap, every down, I got to just have a mentality that, that the ball coming my way. You know, that's how it's always going to be. Because sometimes I done got lax, like in practice, like, yeah, the ball ain't coming my way. Or this, my coach always tell me, like, always think the ball coming my way. Knowing that, your pro- your interception numbers aren't going to be up there with, with some of the guys who lead the league and, and things uh, along those lines. Does that even bother you? To, does Do you prefer, hey, let them go. Uh, I'm not going to get those numbers. That's fine. I'm still getting the accolades. I still know I'm getting the respect. Nah, I, I need everything. You know what I mean? I'm, I need to put that work in. I need to, you know, get all them interceptions. I need to just keep working, you know, but you know, I'm not just going to settle. I mean, you got to keep grinding. 
there's a lot of expectations, of course, as we talked about with Aaron being there in, in New York with the, with the Jets. And when this team approaches the season and I, we see the cameras around, we see hard knocks, how, how do you guys handle that? How do you block out the noise and all that extra attention that you're getting and focus on the opponent? And our main goal, you know, is to just build a strong brotherhood, you know, uh, create the trust uh, in one another. So all the cameras and stuff, you know, we're not really faced by that. We know we we got the same the same main goal, and we just gotta keep the main thing the main thing. So the cameras and all of that, you know, it's, it didn't really play a big deal. How much better could this defense be? We you guys had a ton of success last year, especially uh, against the pass, fewest touchdowns allowed in the air. But how much better can you guys even get this season? I mean, we we added a lot of offensive weapons, you know, including Aaron. So you know, that's just that's just gonna make us better. No, I'm looking for our our goal is to be the number one defense in the league. Uh, you know, we got the guys on offense to just make us better. You know, we just gonna keep grinding. How much does it help having a guy like Q up front? Man, he's he's a monster, and, and he that certainly reflected in how he got paid in the offseason. Yeah, man, uh, it's great. You know, us us in the back end, all we tell each other, we got to just create that hitch. We create the hitch for the quarterbacks. Q and the rest of the D line, they're gonna get there. They ain't gonna get the sack. They don't get the sack. The quarterback is gonna throw it up. So we get the interceptions. How much fun is it gonna be? Week one, Monday night football. Everyone's watching, and, and it's you guys and the Buffalo Bills. Like if you want to be that top team, you, you gotta go after that top team and beat them. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and everybody got obviously you know all about that offense. It's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm not gonna to speak too much, you know, on 9-11, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Sauce Sauce is back, right? A second season on the menu at Buffalo Wild Wings. What kind of flavor can we expect this time around? Has it changed? Is it going to be similar? How much input did you have into it? I had a lot of input. You know, it's, it's not going to change. It's going to, it's going to stay the same, the same Sauce Sauce, you know, smoky sweet barbecue. You know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, Buffalo Wild Wings, they, they got football on lock. You know what I mean? With all the different sauces, all the TVs, all the sports, you know, so I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. And um, I'm looking forward to it. How much fun did you have sauce going undercover as a B-dubs waiter? What was that like? And it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate them for giving me the opportunity to do something cool and creative like that. You know what I mean? Uh, My name is Sauce. I love sauce. So, you know, one of my my favorite moments from uh, going undercover and you know, working as a B-Dubs waiter is, you know, it was a scene where, you know, I poured all of my sauce, poured it all over someone else's wings. <laughs> I don't even think he got the sauce sauce, the sauce sauce wings. I think it was a whole different flavor. I just took the whole bottle and just dumped it all on his uh, plate. You know, it was, it was hilarious. It was a lot of great vibes, man. Uh, it was a pretty cool thing to do. Well, everybody can check out those videos. They're going to go live on your social media, on Buffalo Wild Wings social media. So that's going to be pretty cool for everybody to check out Sauce Sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings. I appreciate you, man. Wish you a ton of blessings this season. Uh, I appreciate you as well, man. Time for some final thoughts. The AP released our top five rankings at various positions. We also ranked head coaches, a panel of AP pro football writers, nine in total. Myself, Josh Dubow, Dennis Wazak, Teresa Walker, Arnie Stapleton, Dave Campbell, Mark Long, Skylar Dixon, 
and Simi Butar all voted. You can check out the results at APNews.com. I only have one complaint. Kyle Shanahan finished third in our coaches' vote. Doug Peterson came in ninth. Kyle Shanahan has not won a Super Bowl. It's not just this vote, but I see it in other rankings because people do this all across different various outlets. Doug Peterson is vastly underrated. He's constantly finishing behind Kyle Shanahan in all kinds of polls like this. Now, I need to remind people, Doug Peterson... And I covered the Eagles. I wrote a book about it. I understand there's some personal connection here. But he won a Super Bowl in his second season in Philly with a backup quarterback, Nick Foles, beating Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Mighty Patriots. He went to the playoffs the following year with a backup. After Carson Wentz got hurt again, Nick Foles, and won a game. Went again the following season, won a division with arguably the worst receiving core in NFL history and then lost the playoff game because his starting quarterback was cheap-shotted in the first quarter and suffered a concussion. Then Doug loses his job after one bad season in Philly. It was a power struggle. He was tired of the meddling from the front office and ownership. Lost his job anyway. Took a year off. Ends up going to Jacksonville. Probably the worst franchise in the NFL. Coming off a massive disaster by Urban Meyer. In his first season with the Jaguars, what's Doug Peterson do? Leads them to a division title and then a playoff win and an incredible comeback victory over the L.A. Chargers. Doug Peterson deserves more respect. That's it for this week. Thank you to Eli Manning and Sauce Gardner, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. You can also watch the YouTube version of this podcast for these interviews. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 college football podcast. Until next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. 